Okay, a couple things. Oh, here we go. Um, I think we can have a lot of fun with this one today. You say that on every single recording. Uh, this is, uh, we, we got another couple, Mitch and Jenny. They don't start off as a couple, but they later <laughs> they later get married and become a couple because of this dive. Nice. This tragedy dive. Wow. Near near tragedy. So do you want to play the role of Mitch or do you want to play the role of Jenny? Uh definitely not Jenny. I don't have a good lady's voice. That's the funny part. Of it. <laughs> no, no, it's it's a harsh on the ears lady's voice. Okay, I'll be the girl again. Okay. It takes place in Bonaire. Um, it's based around the quarter-closed tank valve theory. Oh, okay. Quarter-closed? Yeah. Turn back on the valve theory, yeah. And then there's also a make sure you stay hydrated kind of a second part of the story. Were, were we having, or am I crazy, were we having the tank valve discussion over the weekend not to my knowledge but i know it, it happened so often that he had just never you could be having it in your sleep hey did you see the divers alert network post that just came through about the tank valve nope uh, on facebook no i didn't i'm just looking right now on facebook i just uh is this really a a thing is this really something that's this is where we're at eh we're still at. Is it about the uh, semantics, the the speaking of it, the the way they talk about it? Because I know people say a quarter turn. It's when I was taught it, taught this little valve thing, because it was taught back then. Is you open it all the way and you take it a quarter turn, not a a quarter, not a quarter of the way back. Quarter, just a little backing off so you don't like crank open the valve and have a difficult time shutting it down. That's all. They do a really good job explaining this. Okay. In this article from Dan. Okay. Old Habits Die Hard just came out the other day and it caught my attention because I've got this other story that I wanted to go through and I saw this. I was like, oh, the. Planets are aligning for Great Dive Podcast stories and episodes. Chloe Strauss in her Dan article starts off with the quote of turn on your cylinder and then close it one quarter turn. Many divers have heard this instruction during and after their scuba certification classes. Have you ever wondered why this procedure was recommended? Is this practice still necessary? And man, I'm gonna say in 2021, are there? <laughs> I, I know there are, but I, I I can't believe there really are instructors out there that are still teaching. Turn your valve a quarter turn back. Really, you're surprised <laughs> after a weekend well, at the I quarry. Want to be su- <laughs> I want to be surprised, but you're right. I'm not surprised. And uh, she goes uh, on to explain how over tightening valves in the old days had a couple ways of damaging things you know with forcing the valve fully open and forcing the valve fully closed i mean i think that's more of a important discussion with your students the over tightening than the quarter turn should be because i tell you you know being a professional veteran tank monkey for decades myself I can't tell you how many times people have come in, dropped off their tanks, and I turn the valve, turn the valve again, <laughs> turn the valve strange. again, and, and then finally the gas starts to, to come out of it because that valve is that valve seat is so smashed. So learning that you you can't over tighten it <laughs> is important. And then she goes on to talk about how Dan has recorded thirteen incidents since 2013 including one that resulted in a fatality and another that required a hospital stay specifically revolving around the valve being a quarter turn closed after opening it this is kind of concerning to me in a 
in just the sense where I just shake my head. Like we are expending a lot of time and energy on just opening your damn tank valve and closing it. Do we have to get into, okay, to walk to into the dive shop, you put one foot in front of the other. Don't put two feet in front of your back. Don't like jump through. <laughs> Do we have to get to this minutia? You can't just say, okay, just open up your tank valve. You don't have to be a fucking gorilla and crank it all the way open. It's not going to automatically turn off on you. And then when you shut it, apply the same force as you did when you opened it, providing you didn't use your gorilla force. Do we have to go any more than that? This should be the end of the episode. Clearly, hey, thanks for listening, clearly everybody. We <laughs> clearly we do. We got another 46 <laughs> minutes to get through. We got multiple articles. We have fatalities. <laughs> well, well, you know, when I was... Oh, my God. You know, when I first started working in the in the dive shop back in the early 90s, our fill station was about a dozen... Um, Tea bottles. Yeah, it was, it was like a dozen tea bottles. They were the lower pressure, you know, t- yeah. 2,400 PSI bottles or so, I think, you know, uh, because they had been around at this dive shop since the, well, the shop opened there in 85, but came, you know, they, they had moved the locations that he had had the shop there since 65. So I'm sure he brought some of the bottles from the old the old shop over. So, I mean, they, they were decades old. Simple valves, they look the same way, but the, the seating material was different in the olden days. <clears throat> and the, the, what old man Don hated more than anything was if you squeaked one of his goddamn valves. <laughs> you squeaked one of his valves. You mean the gas because made a noise those... or, the, or what do you mean? Explain. Oh, so... And she does a good job explaining it in detail in this article. But when you open the valve, the speed with this very small opening, the the gas is actually moving faster than the speed of sound. Oh, (laughs) okay. And she says in there, if the valve is not sufficiently open, it can constrict the flow, causing an increase in velocity to maintain the required flow. This increase could cause the gas to approach the speed of sound, at which point it will choke and limit the flow of air into your regular and therefore your lungs. Interesting. But it reminds me of when you're opening the tank valve, because back then we had to manually open. It was cascaded, but the cascade wasn't all put together into one big bank. It was you know, just 12 bottles. Yeah. So we'd, st- we'd start on the first bottle. You know, fill fill up as high as you could go, close it, go to the second bottle, fill up as, you know, and try to take the tank all the way up. Right. So you are manually filling. But when you open that storage bottle up, if you open the valve up too fast, it would go, <laughs> you know, the, the gas yeah. coming out. Old man Don. Loses shit. I don't care what he was doing. He would drop everything, <laughs> turn beat red and come over and scold you for squeaking his valves and you got a lecture again about how to open a valve without squeaking a valve so i learned at a young age to have a delicate finesse to (laughs) opening the valve without squeaking it (laughs) did you ever catch him accidentally squeaking the valve and then say sit down we gotta have a chat (laughs) (laughs) No, because he, he was a master. He was, of it. he was a veteran. Yeah, like me now. Like if I did it now, I would. I would. And somebody caught me. I would say, "Ah, making sure you're listening." There you go. Yeah, that's what we don't do. <laughs> don't even think that you should ignore that and think it's okay. Yeah. We don't squeak valves around here. Hey, way to turn it around. <laughs> way to still give a lecture to someone. <laughs> Tank monkeys like us don't squeak valves like them. You say we have a higher standard here. You don't have kids. You wouldn't make. You'd make a great father, James. <laughs> First, we don't make mistakes. <laughs> hey, uh, let's. My coffee's empty. Do you do you mind? I want to okay, get it before it. it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it.
Are you going diving this weekend? Keep your mask clear with the one, the only, PFAR. The professional's choice. 100% all natural. Reliable clarity. PFAR. Refill daily. Keep your mask clear. Never fear. PFAR with PFAR. She mentions in this article that modern valve design protects both the valve stem seal and the valve seat. You know, kind of comparing it back to the olden days, which, so I get it. Like a lot of the old timers had a bit of a point back in the olden days of turning it a quarter turn and the idea of protecting the backside of the valve seat. And, you know, you just, you knew because of your many years of experience how to turn a valve. Whereas most people are not turning valves on a regular basis in their daily lives. And they go through a scuba class in the blink of an eye. Yeah. You know, or so they don't have the time time to learn that. But I, I mean, I can see the point on both ends. Like I, I would say that the way you open a valve, what we know today is not turn it all the way open and then a quarter turn back for many reasons mentioned in this Dan article as well as what we're going to talk about here today. But I would also say that the way you do not open a valve is just turn it all the way open until you cram it all the way open. Right. Because that's why we did the quarter turn forward. And even still today, it's unnecessary wear smashing into the backside of that valve seat seal. I mean, the way you deal with the valve is you turn it all the way open until it stops and then you start to turn it closed so you take that pressure off and then you finesse it back so that it's all the way open without smashing into one way or another. Exactly. And the way you yeah, and the way you close the valve is you close it until the gas stops and it's closed. You don't have to crank it down any tighter. Holy shit, I can't believe this. Is it is it <laughs> why why is it <laughs> how many times? How many different ways can you say it just <laughs> Hey, just open the valve. In my mind, it's just that simple. Just open your valve. Of course, again, we're bringing in decades of diving and and opening your valves and closing your valves. <laughs> but yeah, I've seen valves just like I've just seen them cranked, cranked both ways, cranked on and cranked off to the point where it's difficult to turn the valve again. It's difficult whether you're turning it from off to on or on to off. They've got it cranked so hard. Oh yeah, all the way, like all the way open. And they go, make shirts all the way open. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, our, our old buddy that I used to dive with, uh, Scotty, who on a valve drill broke off the stem, the brass stem, just <laughs> shutting it down. He said all the way, he said all the way open, just to be clear. <laughs> he, no, this was on the shutdown, and you're like, oh, now you're screwed. <laughs> that ain't going to be good. Now we have to take apart the valve and replace the stem. Way to uh, way to do it, Bobo the the gorilla. What the? F- yeah, I I I just don't understand the constant. We have to go over this because it's it seems like every every other year we have this discussion. It's there's an article or a video or a fatality, and it's all about this silly ass valve thing. Well, clearly because there, there's still a lot of instructors out there that are teaching the the quarter close theory. Uh, uh, this. Dan article here does a good job of saying, hey, you know, if you're an instructor, consider not <laughs> teaching students a quarter turn back. Yeah, but, you know, the problem there, with that is... She's doing great, like, doing it in, like, a really nice way, hopefully. But, like, like, like you just said, I'm sure there's a dozen other articles in probably Dan alone, if you look at the, the history of articles over the last five to 10 years of this very discussion. Yeah. I think though, when you, you say, Hey, you don't have to do it a quarter turn back. So people just crank it all the way open. They say, I want to make sure it's open. So they crank it open and now it's stuck there. I mean, it's really jammed there. And then, and then we run into the confusion is it open? Is it closed? Did I shut it off? Did I turn it on? I guess you could just check the gas. but Yeah, but you know when the valve's behind your head and something's happening and the anxiety is high, 
it's easy to second guess every decision well, you're making. Exactly, exactly. Which again, I think all of this ultimately points to you can become an instructor in 100 dives. You don't need a lot of experience, and the class is a dip and dip and certified kind of thing. Dip and dunk. What do they call? It? What are you calling it? Yeah, dip uh, a tea bag, dip and dunk. A dip and dunk. Yeah, we, you know, a dip and dunk. It's the class is so quick, so glossing over everything that they don't really go into the wise housing of something so menial, really, in the in the big scheme of all the things you have to do to go scuba diving. So tiny, but we have spent so much time talking about it, and apparently we have to because thirteen fatalities since. You know, in eight years. So something's going on. Something's wrong. Maybe we're just becoming stupid. More and more stupid. Well, no, you're you're right. Like when when scuba class we've only got three hours. Right. <laughs> like we're not we don't have time to, to spend forty five minutes explaining how a valve works. Well, I think you could do it in five, but for the love of Christ, I think they don't even want to spend thirty seconds. Not if Jenny asks a question. (laughs) It ain't going to be five minutes. You know how her questions are. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Welcome back to the Great Time Podcast, everybody. You're here with old Valvesy Jamesy, <laughs> non-squeaking Valve Jamesy. Don't squeak <laughs> the that valve. valve. <laughs> and uh, and my and my buddy, are we seriously talking about this again, <laughs> Brando? Exactly. And we are here with a story about tank valves. I remember in my my early days when I was a kid, I was filling this guy's tank. The old man was up front selling selling a package a year to, yeah. to this couple. And, and, he, like, and, like, and, he heard. and like mid mid sentence, he's just like, and that's why you're gonna that's why you're gonna and stops, <laughs> drops his PCD <laughs> on the ground. Oh, that does like I a, have to kill someone. I'll be right back. <laughs> does like a Marine Corps pivot like a one eighty. <laughs> Just an about face is what that's called. An about face. <laughs> oh yeah, it was like the the eyes of Satan, like walking walking to me, and I was like, I thought you would welcome the eyes of Satan. No, the knowing you the way I know you, I thought you'd be. Oh, finally, I get to meet the the myth, the man, the legend. <laughs> I learned from diving about that tank valve story this one's from the late 90s all right so i learned about diving from that excess caution leads to divers first underwater emergency son of a bitch you know we talked last week about that common sense right right and that guy getting a little too big for his britches (laughs) There's an old saying pulled out of the old man's head. (laughs) A little too big for his wetsuit, if you know what I mean. (laughs) A little too big for his booties. How about that? (laughs) A little too big for his uh, beaver tail. But as we've talked numerous times on this show, you're scuba diving. You're underwater. And you're a human being. You uh, (laughs) You can kick the bucket and... 
10 feet of water just as easily as you can 10,000, you know, if you make the wrong mistakes. Agreed. For the experienced diver, a novice dive buddy can provide an instant refresher course in underwater safety. Instant. Instant refresher course. So do they have to uh, get a stamp in their logbook from that? Hey, use it. I just saved $99. (laughs) It's funny. You can get a refresher course for $99. You can get an open water course for $99. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Welcome to scuba. (laughs) Wait, you mean mean the two-hour just once-over of everything? Is the same price as the whole entire course to learn everything? Ding, 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 ding. That should be a red flag, shouldn't yeah, it? Well, it should make uh, someone stop and, and scratch their chin, their beard hairs a little bit. What is this about? Hmm. Wait a minute. Somebody's got a racket going. My friend Jenny had recently been certified and was making her fifth open water dive when we stepped off a pier into the calm, clear waters... Of Bonaire. You know, I was going to call Jenny about this dive. I have her number. What? You, you got her? Do you have her number? Yeah, it's uh, 86753, I think, 09, if I remember correctly. <laughs> 8675309? Oh, Jenny, yeah. <laughs> I hope she doesn't lose my number. I had brought Jenny to this island because it offers some of the easiest and most beautiful diving in the Caribbean. It seemed the perfect place to put a novice diver at ease. Um, All right, we should have up and ready some Jenny lyrics throughout this, (laughs) now that you mention it. So you're going to try to work a bunch of uh, Rick Springfield lyrics into an episode. Challenge accepted. 8675. That was Tommy. That was Tommy Tommy Tutone. God dang it. Come on. Come on, do you even 80s, bro? There's a very thin line between Tommy Two-Tone and Rick Springfield. (laughs) Jenny, don't you change your number. You're the girl for me, but you you don't know it, but you make me so happy. (laughs) Okay, enough. (laughs) Okay, so so I will... (laughs) We are fucking idiots. (laughs) So... This was written by a Mitch Coleman and sent to Skin Diver Magazine in the late 90s. And it's a pretty good learning lesson that falls right in line with this whole discussion about a tank valve and some other stuff. And it takes place in good old Bonaire, a, a nice, young, aspiring you know, couple. Mitch taking, uh, taking this gal that he met at the, at the old dive shop, Jenny, uh, out for a little bit of, you know, Diving, <laughs> quote unquote, diving. Scuba, I should say scuba, scuba diving. So, do you get any background on Mitch and Jenny in this uh, story? I know how the story ends. Let me tell you that. Was, was this story actually out of like Penthouse Magazine, <laughs> and you just changed things around a bit so it has a valve issue? Or <laughs> the dive began smoothly. Smoothly as Jenny's freshly shaven legs, <laughs> all the way up to her new French bikini. I never, I, I never thought a thing like this could happen to me, but there I was, <laughs> hot <laughs> Tropicana suntan oil rubbed upon her long, smooth legs and tender bottom. The Hawaiian Tropic suntan oil glistened her skin from shoulders to fins. No, it's not from Penthouse Forum. <laughs> it's from Skin Diver Magazine, Brando. Skin, actually, Skin Diver Magazine sounds a little more uh, raunchy, a little more risque than Penthouse Magazine. You know, if he didn't know anything about scuba, exactly. and, you, <laughs> and uh, somebody said, hey, you want to go look at a skin diver? Oh, yeah. Well, hell yeah. Get your head out of the sand, Mitch. It's a scuba <laughs> magazine. What kind of story are you writing, Mitch? We descended to 60 feet and began cruising the reef. No, you were supposed to say we decided for 69 feet. <laughs> I'm sorry. Totally. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
we descended to 69 feet. <laughs> Our usual we began depth. began cruising the reef. <laughs> Our favorite depth of 69 feet. I did have a dive buddy back in the day. Every dive that he did, he put max depth 69 feet. <laughs> No matter, and he got a little no chuckle, what, didn't he? He chuckle as yeah, he yeah. did it. He thought it was the funniest thing in yeah. the world. Like every dive was sixty nine feet. How's he doing today? How's how's that guy doing? <laughs> He's married. I'm doing a podcast with him. <laughs> we were surrounded by feeding schools of Creole wrasse and dogged by the ever present, ever hungry yellowtail snappers. Cruising along the old, old dive sites of Bonaire. I mean, I mean, I, I get where this guy's at. Like, I can, I can see the diving. Bonaire diving, it's it's easy, beautiful diving. That's and that's why old Mitch is taking Jenny. The sites all are have a real similarity to them, right? I mean, they yeah. the reef starts in 10, 15 feet, and it's just a nice, easy sloping wall down to basically as deep as you want to go. You know, and you can. Swim in 100 feet of water and look at the reef of, you know, or you can go down to 100 feet and swim along the reef. You can stay in 60, you can stay in 30, and you pretty much have, you know, the same sights. Yeah, so you'd swim along this wall, and uh, did you happen to notice, like, if you saw a, a name and number on the wall? Jenny's, maybe? Uh, Jenny's number? <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> Uh, was it on a was it on a dive slate? No, no, it was on the wall. See, I think I think uh, I, I think uh, that's where this started. Is old Mitch wrote on his dive slate because he knew that this girl Jenny was on the dive boat. He heard that she was new, and he swam up to her with his slate and said, "Are you okay?" Handed it to her to respond, and she just wrote eight six seven five three zero nine. Well, handed it back to him. Well, she probably thought he's like the others before, you know, and then saw saw her number on the wall, and that's why. Yeah, top that one. Top trying well, to work I that can. two lines from I, the song <laughs> into the story. I can top that one because they were going to dive the Hilma Hooker. Oh, here we go. Then, in one frightening moment, Jenny's worst fears were realized. As I looked on from just a few feet away, she stopped. She lost her nerve. Took a quick look <laughs> at her gauge council, turned to me, and began frantically making the throat-slashing gesture she had just practiced so often in the pool during her certification class. So what did her gauge council say? What did it do? What was happening? Well, y- you already know. I do. <laughs> so go ahead. But before we even go any further, tell, tell the people. If you're diving and you don't you don't have your valve all the way opened, the the key sign is you're you'll jump in the water, you can breathe fine, you think everything's great, but as soon as you get to depth and as you approach depth, it'll become more difficult to breathe. And when you watch it, a gauge, an analog gauge, the needle will bounce up and down as you breathe. It'll bounce with your breathing, so it'll go full, empty, full, empty with your breath. Right, and the. The author of the Dan article we were just talking about did a really good job explaining that too. That, you know, yeah, you can breathe at it on the surface and it's okay. You know, you don't even notice it unless you're looking at that gauge move a little mm-hmm. bit. But as you go deeper and your lung volume needs more gas to fill your lungs up, now the restriction occurs and you feel like you're running out of air. Yeah, because you're not able to deliver that amount of gas because of a restricted orifice at the tank valve. Which can produce a sonic boom of <laughs> air going past the speed of sound and make a very screechy noise upon the tank valves of the fill station. And old man Don is going to come and give you the look. A look that I will not forget till this very day. Satan's eyeballs, they call them. Rushing to her side, I offered her my octopus. I bet you did. I've <laughs> <laughs> been flirting with Jenny all, all week down here in Bonaire. <laughs> Jenny, I've been, I've been, I was offering Jenny my octopus all week. Finally, <laughs> she didn't have a choice. She had to take it. There we were, 69 feet. 
and I offered her my octopus. <laughs> yeah, After we're we're a little up- juvenile, James. <laughs> we we should become a little more mature. Listen, we said we were gonna lighten things up for a couple of weeks. So I offered her my air quotes air McDoodle. <laughs> <laughs> We just call it a McDoodle for short. <laughs> this was uh, this was the one time Brando, aka Mitch, was a okay with the Air McDoodle. After waiting a few moments for her to calm down, I checked her air pressure gauge and was surprised to see it read sixty nine twenty. <laughs> Sorry. We we are like fourteen. Aren't we? Well, we have to pander to our audience. Is what I'm blaming. Twenty five hundred psi, but they were at sixty nine feet. <laughs> I reached for her regulator and drew a breath. Not only was it difficult to draw, but with each breath, the indicator dropped from twenty five hundred down to zero, and then back again. Back on shore, I examined her tank. And found the valve had only been turned on halfway. When I turned it on full, the regulator functioned normally. Jenny realized she had turned the knob all the way and then half a crank back. But because of her anxiety about diving, she often double, triple, or even quadruple checked her equipment. While making one of these checks, she forgot she had already turned her air on. She ended up cranking it all the way off. And half a crank on. Now, that is exactly what happened to me, except the dive master did it as I was about to get off the boat. Right. Cranked it all the way off and turned it back a quarter, quarter-ish turn. That's one of the don't touch my fucking shit reasons I have don't touch my fucking shit. Because it was, uh, yeah, it was a little unnerving when you... I didn't know that was how that worked in the sense of, yeah, if you see the gauge bouncing... That's what that means, right? I had no idea at that time. I was just an open water diver. Right. And, uh, you know, I see a lot of people that get the the valve turned, a quarter turn open, and then that's all they turn it because they're, they're, they're still new and their mind gets preoccupied with other stuff, and that's all it gets turned. So when they do the check... They grab it and it closes a quarter turn, and they make the assumption that that's the all the way open quarter turn close. But it's really it's just the quarter turn open, you know. It's and and I guess this goes back to my upbringing of having a finesse with the valve. Like I I don't teach the hold the purge button in, turn the valve so it's purging as you open and then slowly let go to seat that and i get why a lot of instructors teach it of like taking it easy on that valve i teach a slow open and you're there listening is anything leaking and if it is you can close you can write again close it right back purge it out and then we can figure out where the leak's coming from slowly open slowly ease the gas into the hoses there's no loud obvious sign of air leaking anywhere Go ahead and open it all the way till it stops, and it's all the way open. Boom. Boom. Valve opening lesson 101. At sea level, there was enough air getting past the valve to fool her and her pressure indicator into thinking thinking her tank valve was open. You mean a a gauge? At 60. (laughs) A what? A gauge? Is, Is Mitch from England? Yeah, I, maybe 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 Mitch is a Brit coming over to uh, you know because they're down in well they're down in Bonaire. Bon mm-hmm. Maybe he is European, right? The indicator, and they're much more elegant in their spoken word than us brute, vulgar Americans. I remember being down in um, uh, Tortola, down in the BVIs, and the dive master was talking about the drive over that the you know the the. Got got stuck in traffic and the person didn't use that indicator lights. <laughs> I was like, indicator light. That sounds what? awesome. What? What? You mean a turn signal? It? Is this on a is this on a spaceship? What are you what are you, what are you driving on? Oh, you mean a turn signal? Yes, it's an indicator light. But at sixty nine feet, the regulator couldn't provide enough air. To meet her demands, 
or Mitch's, if you know what I mean. Winky, wink, wink. <laughs> Mitch, I have some demands for you, Mitch. I have some demands with these regulator hoses and this this indicator, Mitch. I've got some demands for my hoses, too. 69 of them. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, she stayed calm and responded to her training. Good for you, Jenny. Jenny, don't you change your number. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know me, but you make me so happy with that indicator number. Later, we both laughed at how her excess caution had actually caused her first diving emergency. (laughs) See, you're trying to be so careful, Jenny, that you were so overly cautious that you actually created a problem that shouldn't have existed in the first place. (laughs) Ha, 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 but we can laugh it off. But wait, the emergencies weren't over. We're just starting. Dun, dun, dun. There were 69 more of them to go. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what happened, Brando? Hmm. After three days of diving, we were enjoying an oceanfront dinner with our dive group when Jenny suddenly began to feel strange. She experienced numbness in her right arm and side. She felt dizzy and disoriented. Her first thought was that she had somehow gotten bent and was just beginning to feel the effects. This caused her some degree of anxiety that added to her symptoms. In reality, she was just falling for Mitch. She was falling hard for Mitch. Mitch, I got a pain. Pain right right, right here in my heart, Mitch. And there's only 69 prescriptions that can cure it. I like to, to pound a joke into the ground, to just take a sledgehammer, a giganto sledgehammer, and pound it into the ground. That's what I like to do. I called the dive master over, and he suggested we move Jenny back to her room and put her on oxygen. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. Pound away. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm not even going to. He thought it unlikely she was bent, but he thought the oxygen might help to calm her while we discussed other possibilities. After breathing oxygen for about an hour, her symptoms hadn't abated, but she did feel calmer now believing she wasn't experiencing the bends. The dry air made her thirsty, and it was then we discovered the problem. She was simply dehydrated. Well, that'll do it. Rule number 69 in scuba diving. Stay hydrated. (laughs) (laughs) Stay hydrated. You got to stay hydrated. Especially if you're scuba diving. I mean, you got to stay hydrated on a daily basis. Like, if you're not paying attention to your level of hydration, you're not going to have a good day. With, I mean, just on a regular day, let alone if you're going diving, you damn well better be paying attention to your hydration. Especially if you're doing any, like, deeper, bigger dives, you certainly have to pay attention to, to your level of hydration. But just on a regular daily basis... Yeah, we know this now. I mean, it's really pounded into us. But was it back then? It wasn't really. I know I growing up then, well, I yeah, didn't really well, hear, hey, stay hydrated. You didn't hear that a lot. No, true. I mean, uh, nowadays we have, we've taught people to have a much better uh, relationship with their urine and, yeah, and understanding right. and knowing what's going on. I mean, and and, awareness. I mean, yeah. I, I, that's something that I, I think of on a daily basis of like if I, if I go to the bathroom and it's yellow – Immediately, you know that's a that's a sign of man. I I, I haven't been drinking enough water. Like it, it shouldn't be like that. You should have a. I mean, just go Google like urine scale and <laughs> <laughs> get familiar with with those different levels of the the color of yellow. I mean that that's important to know on a regular basis. Let alone if you're going scuba diving, right? And for those that don't know, you're breathing extremely dry, compressed gas. So there's so much moisture going out with your breath and it's not being replaced because you're not breathing in any moisture any humidity in the air right at all and you're down in bon air and it's 
88 degrees and you're sweating and you're in the sun and you're working, you know, carrying gear on and off a boat and you're, you're fighting and sweating, struggling into a wetsuit. I mean, all that stuff is majorly depleting you of hydration. So you need to be constantly replenishing almost, almost to the point of hyperhydrating is a, is a much better end of the, the spectrum to be on than underhydrating, especially in that environment. Yeah, and, and once you jump in the water, there's a little effect that causes you to micturate a little more often than necessary. It's like, you know, drinking coffee. And those who don't know what micturate means, it just means pee. Urinate, micturate, same thing. I like to give a little vocabulary lesson occasionally. But well done. Well done. Well done. Way to sneak it in there, right? You gotta you gotta take your opportunities when when they're presented. But coffee is an extreme diuretic, the caffeine. And a diuretic is something that increases renal perfusion, whatever you wanna call it. But anyway, it makes you pee more than you drink in. So eight ounces of coffee go in, eight ounces of fluid go in, right? Ten ounces come out or more. So you're actually depleting yourself of liquid by drinking a diuretic like coffee. And booze can be a diuretic too. So even though you know, you're drinking beers the night before, you might have two beers, 12 ounces each, 24 ounces, but you're going to pee out 30 ounces or 28 ounces or whatever. I got you. Yeah, yeah. So you got to add some water in between those cocktails and coffees. Very important. Mm-hmm. Especially on a dive trip. I mean, every, I mean, it, it's common that people on a dive trip, they're down in the Caribbean, day of diving's over, they're hanging out in the hammock, hanging out on the beach. Pina coladics. Pina coladics. <laughs> Pina coladics. <laughs> Couple of brews, bucket a bucket of beers, you know, uh, down at the beach. Yeah, but if you're going diving that next day, you've got to rehydrate because of what you just said. Yeah. You can't use it. Well, there's water and beer. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you can say it, but it's it's not really true. There, Well, it is true. There's water and beer, but you're getting rid of more water than you drink when you drink beer. Absolutely. Being aware of how you feel, being aware, again, of your urine color, you know, you're not doing anything. Have a drink of water. Yeah, especially if you're out diving. Especially for divers. My mouth is dry when I come up. I know I've got to have water. Little things like that. Your eyes are red and dry. Your skin, everything. You feel it if you if you become aware of it. Yes. I mean, it's the first thing I'm doing when I'm getting back on a dive boat is having water. 69 ounces of it. <laughs> well done. Well done. She had forgotten that diving depletes the body of moisture and that a diver should drink lots of liquids, even if he or she isn't thirsty. After consuming large quantities of water and getting a good night's sleep, Jenny greeted the new day ready for diving. Now it was my turn to be nervous. What would happen next? Oh, ho, ho, ho. 69 different things. <laughs> In the years since these early diving adventures, Jenny and I got married. Ho, ho, ho. Way to go, Mitch. Score. We've also completed training for our advanced open water certifications and logged more than 100 dives together. <laughs> you sure they didn't log more than what? 69 dives together? <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> no, no. Uh, what about uh, the, the one... I wonder how their 100th dive went. Oh, ho, ho. Well, if it went traditionally. And we later went back to 69 feet for our (laughs) naked 100. Back in Bonaire. It's kind of a love story. So calamity slash mistakes slash near death can bring people together. They went diving on a little dive site in Bonaire called something special <laughs> down to 69 feet <laughs> for their naked 100 if if you understand how the story goes he says these two mini emergencies helped cement our bond both as life partners and dive partners fortunately we've had no problem since but the lessons we both learned have stayed with us on every dive before entering the water 
have your buddy check your air. I should have done this in Bonaire. I never fail to do it now. And once underwater, never stray too far from your buddy. Even 20 feet can seem like a mile when you're out of air and fighting panic. And again, like you and I always go back to this being from the late 90s where it was common for your buddy to check your air. Now, for, for decades, we've taught you need to be able to check your own tank valve and know that it's all the way on. I mean, is, is that not a skill that you think that you should have to know and be able to do in order to be a fully certified diver to go out diving on your own? Of course, it's an easy one. It's a no-brainer. Reach back, open your valve, close, you know, do a drill, shut your valve, open your valve. Uh, be able to do that. Build that memory. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I'd be go so far as to say that in 2021, what we know now, if if you can't reach back and fully turn your valve all the way on and confirm that it's all the way on just by reaching back, you don't deserve to have that full certification card to just go out diving on your own like you need to be babysat by an instructional staff yeah if you if you can't do that it's i'm reminded of that um fatality in catalina back in the early 2000s with the uh diver on the on a zodiac two divers in a zodiac right heading out um they're in their gear as they're heading out so they have tank on BCD, but the tank's not turned on, and they're just sit, you know, sitting on the edge of the boat, and they hit a wave. He falls over. Of course, he's overweighted because that's pretty standard procedure. Uh, died. Yeah, because he couldn't get that valve open, and and they're on the they're on the inflatable. They're going to do a back roll when they get there, and then probably, hopefully, the, the guy driving boat, before they do the roll, is going to go run around and make sure everybody's valve's open. Yeah, well. But, but when something like that happens, yeah, I mean, that's, a, that, that's a, a horrific turn of events, eh? It's a non-reason to die. It's not so much that they, I'm, I'm sure it's not so much, or at least I'm speculating, I have to speculate a little bit, that he, the person could not reach back and do it. You know, it's not a difficult valve no. drill. It's it's a lot easier, to me, it's well, a lot it, simpler it is than if twins. You don't, yeah, if you don't do it. it is, and, and if you have never been explained to do it and explained that part of how you put your tank into the BCD strap is so that you can reach physically back. reach back and manipulate that valve if, if you mm-hmm. need to. If you're just throwing your tank, you know, BC on your tank all willy-nilly and you don't think about it, that could be a serious problem at some point. Yeah, and just something as mundane as driving out to the to the dive site, hit a rogue wave kind of thing and topple over because you've never been either explained, introduced, or built any muscle memory or response to something like this. You just die when all it took was for you to reach behind your head, open up the valve, and you're golden. Right. It becomes a, something to kind of chuckle about that you fell off the boat versus you're gone. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. On shore, drink plenty of fluids, even when you aren't thirsty. And remember, alcohol acts as a diuretic. And can cause you to pass more liquids than you are taking in. Wow, some, some, some brilliant <laughs> person just mentioned that, if I, if I remember correctly. If you're drinking alcohol, be sure to supplement it with plenty of water. These are simple lessons, he says. And ones we all learned in our first two weeks of dive class. But thanks to the education I got from my novice partner, they are lessons I will never forget. 69 Lessons I Will Never Forget. It's the title of my autobiography. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, people, if if you haven't done so yet, go check out that Dan article, Old Habits Die Hard, available on the Dan website, dan.org, in the Alert Diver stories, by Chloe Strauss. And uh, she does a great job explaining the explaining the valve, why it was done in the old days, why eliminating the quarter turn back needs to be a common practice in education today. So check it out, Alert Diver, quarter one of 2021 issue. Very nice, James. Good catch. Way to bring it all together. Yeah, I thought the the the, the timing 
the planets were aligned for this as we approach this full moon that's coming. And Mercury being in retrograde right now with Pisces meandering <laughs> about and in in and cancer on the fringe, you know, it's uh, it's time. It was time for this way to bring some astrology in there. You're a master of this the the segue drawing together of the topics. I, I can appreciate that. All right. Well, should we? Yeah. Sign some logbooks on this stuff. Uh, maybe we should. Maybe we should sign some logbooks, old old squeaky valve, Jamesy. Okay. Let me uh, let me see yours here. Okay. Let me let me confirm that dive was to sixty nine feet uh, <laughs> for sixty nine minutes too. Whoa! <laughs> dive number naked one hundred. <laughs> Thanks for buddying up with me, Jenny. Dear Jamesy, I mean Jenny, I've got your number. I know you think I'm like the others before, but don't change your number. Jenny, don't change it. It's I, eight. I got it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. <laughs> okay, for a good time, don't forget to call Brando, 8675-309. 8675-309. Nice. Brando, for the price of a dime, <laughs> I can always. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Safe diving, folks. What? <laughs>